Hey everyone, and welcome to the Devin Carroll Show. I'm your host, Devin. This show is all about simplifying the complicated Social Security roles so you can use them to your advantage and get every dollar in benefits that you deserve. If you'd like to ask me a question, we record every Thursday at 12 o'clock Central. The number to call is 903-400-4848. On today's show, we talk to Dina, who wants to know if she can file for survivor's benefits and then later switch to her own benefits. And then John asks what he needs to do if he knows that he's going to exceed the income limit while he's under full retirement age and collecting Social Security. And then Bob says that his son is telling him that he needs to file early and invest it instead of waiting to file. And there's a lot of other great calls too, so let's get it started. Hey, Don, how are you? Fantastic, sir. How are you? Great. I'm doing good. So my question for you is, I am closer to 64 than, than 63, but I've listened to your podcast about when to draw Social Security, and i Based on that, I pretty much made my decision to, to wait till 70. I don't really need the, the money right now. And I thought that that way, should I predecease my wife, she would have a, a higher survivor benefit. But I keep telling my son what my decision was. And he thinks that what I should do is file for Social Security, take the money and invest it automatically. And I don't know that that's the right decision, but I thought I'd ask you, see what you think. Yep. Good question. So basically you're wanting to know, I don't need the money, but should I file now and invest it? And would that somehow give me a a higher income stream down the road? Right. Uh, I think the simple answer to that is probably not. Uh, In all of the studies that I've done, it could give you a higher income stream, but it's, it's not likely. You know, if you look at the Social Security system, the way that it's set up, uh, roughly speaking, there's an 8% increase in your benefits on an annual basis. Now, it's not exactly 8% uh, before your full retirement age, but approximately we can we can say that it's around 8%, 7-8%. And so, right. you know, if if you know for a fact that you can get that sort of return almost on a guaranteed basis, because that's effectively what we have with Social Security, right? It's a return that right. that does have the guarantee from the federal government tied to it. Um, you know, so you might be able to build up, you know, uh, a a lump sum sitting there. But then once you start to convert that to income, that's where you run into another problem because then what do you do with it, right? So if you right. leave it invested, then there's market risk tied to that. What I like about Social Security is that it's that stream of income that doesn't have a lot of risk tied to it. You've obviously got the risk of the government changing the rules, but market risk, interest rate risk, longevity risk, social security takes care of all of that. So, if you're wanting to right. if you're wanting to maximize the amount that your spouse can receive, absent a lot of other factors that we haven't talked about here, um, you know, delaying till age 70 is really the only way to do that. Well, that's the decision I made. You know, I've agonized over this for a couple of years, and and I found your your uh, uh, YouTube channel and listened to your video on that, and pretty much solidified what I was already thinking. And so I I'm glad I called in because I was again agonizing over this. <laughs> yeah. So you have plenty of other assets to where the Social Security income is not going to be a meaningful part of your retirement income. Yes. 
Okay. Yeah, we, we live, we're both retired. Uh, we both retired early. Um, I retired at 60, my wife at 59 and, uh, our, the pensions that we get are, we're very comfortable. What kind of pensions are they, Bob? It's a, it's a state, uh, pension system. I work for the state government. Okay. Now off the top of my head, I'm thinking in North Dakota, you do contribute to social security there, correct? Yes, we okay. do. Yep. Yes, so, do. so it is a covered pension. It's not going to mess around with your social security. Yeah. So right. just based, based on what we know in this phone call, I would say that you're right and your son's wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> tell him I said so. All righty. But listen, let me, let me tell you I something, Bob. All right. I appreciate the help. Hey, Thank Bob, you. hang on just a second though, bef- before you go. Sure. There is, yep. there is one other way that you can make sure that your filing strategy is right, considering your wife's benefit, considering your benefit. Recently, we've put together a team of people that do consulting. And if you want to get in touch with one of those folks, they'll be able to run reports for you and give you all of the different numbers. This is something that I used to do, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, I just can't anymore. But in the description of this podcast or YouTube, wherever you're watching it, I'm going to put a link to that where you can click on that link and, and find out more information. They'll talk to you for free for 15 minutes just to get your situation, make sure you're a candidate for the services. And, and these guys are good too. Okay. So look that for that link. Perfect. All right, sir. Thanks okay. for calling. Have a great day. Thank you. All right. You Take care. Bye. And up next, we're going to go to Ray in Missouri. Hey, Ray. Hi there. I have a two-part question. And the first part is I'll be 65 at the end of January, this coming January. Okay. So I want to declare that I'm uh, for benefits in, in January, meaning I'll get the payment in February. But do I have to, how's the computer work it? Am I 65 for the computer purposes in January or do I have to wait until after January to be 65 uh, for gotcha. the, uh, the computer purposes. Yep. So computation, I should say. Um, wh- when you go into file, you can just ask them to make your effective date the date you want your benefits to begin. Now you won't get that check for another okay. month after that because they pay a month in arrears. But you can right. specify to them a specific date of entitlement. Uh, they'll refer to it as a month of entitlement. Okay. So, but I want to make sure that I get the full credit for the 65 and not inadvertently have them make my benefit based on being 64 and a half. Okay. And and now just to make sure, make sure you understand how this is calculated. These reductions are calculated on a monthly basis. So if you, you know, it's so easy when we, you know, for us to put out this material that shows the reductions based on an annual basis, because there's just not room in a, in a, you know, the little cheat sheets that we use to put all of the monthly reductions, but they are calculated on a monthly basis. So, you know, if you were to go in and file at 64 years and 11 months, then your benefit would be approximately five ninths of 1% lower than it would be at 65. So, you know, we're, okay. we're talking about a fairly minuscule amount at that point, 0.55, gotcha. okay. 5%. But you don't have to take that reduction. You can get the exact benefit amount that you want by telling them, all right, do not start my benefit until this month. And that'll be the month that you attain age 
whatever it is that you choose. It sounds like 65, maybe Got the it. direction you're going. Correct. Okay. My second part is on the earnings limit. Um, because I get, I'll have my salary in January, but then I'll, because I'll retire at the end of January, I'll get my PTO or vacation payout, uh, which combining the two will be a little bit over the social security limit, earnings limit. Um, so will they consider that PTO or vacation payout as part of a uh, earnings? So good question. Uh, is your PTO, does your company classify that as sick time or vacation time, or do they just call it PTO and don't specify what it's used for? They call it PTO, meaning paid time off. Right. Okay. Well, and some, it's, so the Social Security Administration, when they look at different types of remuneration and when it comes and how it's counted for the earnings limit, they actually have different rules for sick time and for vacation time. So with these companies that's coming in with just PTO, from what I understand, they're counting it as vacation time. And correct. Uh -huh. the, the rule that I understand is that they will count that as earned income in the month you retire. Even if it's paid in the month after you retire, it's not going to count. Okay, so then I should be okay uh, for the following year so they don't suspend a, a Social Security check. You should be. Yeah, so you're talking about retiring at the end of January next year, right? That's correct. Okay. This upcoming year. Gotcha. So in that first year of retirement, as long as you are both on Social Security benefits and you have what they call a non-service month, and that's a month where your earnings are less than the monthly earnings test amount, then you are in a grace year and a monthly income limit starts to apply. Now that okay. that income, so even if you, you know, even if in January you made a hundred thousand dollars and you retired at the end of January, you're still not going to be over that limit. Okay. That's what I wanted to hear. Yeah. So but be okay. careful on that PTO uh, that they don't misclassify that and somehow get you ensnared in the earnings limit and, and count that as earnings. They shouldn't, but I have seen it happen before. Because I do believe it comes across the, the uh, it comes across as earned income on the W-2 form. Yeah, but it should be specified uh, what type of earnings that is, and you can go back to them and make that case. There, there is an article on my website, uh, Social Security Income Limit, What Counts as Income? And in that article, okay. I break down all of the major types of income, and then I put links in there for the the lesser used income types. And and you can go in there and you can find the SSA language and take that back to them and say, no, this should not count as income, and here's why. Very good. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you. I'll look that up. All right, Ray. Take care, sir. And coming up next, we have Clint in Texas. Hey, Clint. Hey, Devin. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. I have a question about I have a question about recalculation of retiring benefits, retirement benefits during my first year. And this is because I'm wanting to start taking benefits in January of 2022. So obviously I'll need to file this fall, probably October, if I'm correct. Uh, my concern is when Social Security Administration is going to calculate this current year's earnings into my highest year's, highest years of earnings, this this year, I will earn far and away more money than I've ever made, significantly more than uh, last year. So uh, my concern is, when does this get recalculated? And if there's any kind of uh, recompensation down the road 
if that's be the case. Well, there is an automatic recalculation of benefits after the first year of drawing Social Security. Um, so that should be an automatic process for you. You should receive one benefit. It'll okay. get recalculated, especially if those earnings are going to uh, replace one of the other years in your 35-year history, then you should see a benefit bump from that. So it's supposed to be an automated process. But like a lot of automated processes, it doesn't always work out that way. So if it doesn't, if you don't see that benefit increase, you need to file a request for reconsideration or recomputation. Um, and and they will they will rerun the calculation and uh, pull everything back in there. But I suspect it's going to be automatic and you won't have to do that. Okay. Uh, what kind of lag are we looking uh, uh, at? Or is there a particular time of year when that's done or when I should be looking for that? It's a good question. It's something that I looked at not long ago, and I think it's probably going to take you up to a year to have that recomputation completed. Okay. I'd, I'd heard that sometimes the, the, you know, the calculations don't go until what, later in the calendar year. So I, I was kind of con that was my point of concern yeah. there. Yeah, I wouldn't suspect that All, that increased benefit to start really until the following year. I see. All right. Okay, that makes sense. It could start earlier, well, but if it doesn't, again. that way you won't, you won't be disappointed. <laughs> thank you. That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> All right, Clint. Well, thanks for calling, sir. Thank you for taking my call, sir. Have All a right. good day. You as well. Hey, before we go into the next caller, this show is brought to you by the National Association of Registered Social Security Analysts. Now, you already know that the social security system is obscure, it's hard to navigate, and at times, it can seem impossible to understand how the rules apply to you and your unique circumstances. And that's why I recommend working with an advisor that has the RSSA designation to help you build a plan to optimize the benefits you and your family will receive. In the description, there's a link where you can schedule a free consultation with my team of RSSA. RSSAs. And if you're a financial advisor, tax advisor, or any other professional who works with individuals on their financial life, the RSSA designation will give you the training and tools necessary to become the go-to Social Security advisor in your area. There's also a link in the description where you can find out more about getting the RSSA designation. So now let's head back to the phones. And coming up next, we have John in Washington. Hey, John. Hey, Devin. Thanks for taking my call. Um, my question has to do with... Um, I filed for Social Security benefits this year at age 65, um, and I'll reach full retirement age next month. And I also received minor child benefits, which is 50% of my full retirement age benefits. Um, I'm still working, and I plan to retire earlier this year, which meant I would not have exceeded the maximum earnings test limitation. But now, due to some change in circumstances, I'm going to likely retire either in December or next year. So under the earnings test, I'm going to owe some money back using, you know, the three to one ratio. Um, and I my question is, how should I deal with this? Will Social Security contact me and automatically stop future payments after I exceed the maximum earnings limitation? Well, John, they may, but if they, you know, it, it also may be two or three years down the road. And that's what you want to avoid here, because when they do that, they'll send you a notice of overpayment and they're almost impossible to figure out what they're even saying. It's, it's as if they're written in a different language. So what I would encourage you to do is call the Social Security Administration and tell them about your earnings and get that process started proactively. Okay. And just a, a second follow-up question. So the money I 
because I'm still working, I understand that the amount I contribute while continuing to work will be credited toward higher social security payments in the future. Um, so I will have made probably eight additional payments by the time I reach my full retirement age. Do you know how that will, if and when that'll increase my monthly payouts? Yeah. So are you talking about the missed benefit payments? Or are you talking about the additional earnings? The additional earnings. Okay. Yeah. So they will run a recalculation. And if that, if those additional earnings that you have, if they are higher than any of the earnings in your present high 35 calculation, and that's the highest 35 years of earnings that you have after those earnings have been adjusted for inflation. And that's up to age 60 and everything at 60 and beyond is just used at face value. Uh, so if you look back over all those years and your current year's earnings are going to be higher than the top 35 that you had before, then your benefit will be recalculated and you're going to see a higher benefit amount come out. But let me, let me just okay. answer another so, question because uh, it's maybe not the question you're asking, but a lot of people who are watching this and listening to this are going to have this question. And that is if your benefits get stopped by the earnings limit, do you lose that forever? Is that gone? And, and you don't. For every month that your benefits are stopped, it's as if you had waited that many more months to have filed for benefits. So, for example, if, if you file at 65 and the earnings limit withholds six months of benefits, when you go back and have at full retirement age, they're going to recalculate that benefit as if you had filed at 65 in six months. And that's the benefit they'll pay you for the rest of your life. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Um, and last question, is it advantageous to withdraw my social security application and reapply to start payments um, when I do reach full retirement age next month? When, so you filed at 65 this year. Correct, in January. It's, you know, so when you I file for a withdrawal of benefits, you do have to pay those back. But listen, if you can, I would strongly recommend that because then you don't run into the issues of having to keep up with the Social Security Administration accounting of what months the income limit should and should not be applied. That way you can just kind of erase it, undo it, pay them back. And then when you hit your full retirement age, you can just start a new application. Okay. okay. If the money's not an issue, you're going to be okay. Uh, this, this happens all the time, but it is a little cleaner if you can do the withdrawal. Okay. Okay. Now, one of the issues with that, the reason I took it early is, as I said earlier, I'm receiving minor child benefits. So if I did that, I would be losing eight or nine months of those child, minor child benefits, which only are paid up until the time he's 18 years old. Well, now let me ask you. So you filed for benefits and you continued working? Correct. How much do you think you will earn this year? More than the earnings limit, I'm assuming? Yeah, more than the, uh, whatever it is, the $50,000 earning limit. Yes. That's the second band of earnings limit. Okay, just know that if your benefit is stopped because of the earnings limit, any benefits paid from your work record are also stopped. Okay, what do you mean by that? So the, if, if they come back and determine that you should not have been paid benefits, they will also make the determination that your child should not have been paid benefits. I see. Because okay. anyone who's receiving benefits under your work record, your earnings determine whether or not they can receive that benefit, unless we're talking about a divorced spouse. Okay. But in this case, 
that earnings limit would affect their benefit. Well, thank you. This has been really helpful and a lot to, to think about. And I, I appreciate um, you taking my call and your advice. You're welcome, John. Take care. Take care. And up next, we have Dina in New York. Hey, Dina. Hi, how are you today? Fantastic. Thanks for calling. So my question is, my husband passed away the end of, of this past July, and he was of retirement age. Um, my plan was is to retire um, when I turn 65 in March. My question in talking with Social Security, as they're telling me that my full retirement age is not until 66 and 6 months. But my question is, am I entitled to any of his retirement benefits? Um, because basically his basically stopped once he passed away. Um, so my question is, am I entitled to any of those benefits before I turn 65? Or do I have to wait until I turn 65? And then they determine as to whether his or mine is the better of the two. How does that necessarily work? Okay, good questions. So let me make sure I understand. Do you have any pensions from non-covered work, meaning any kind of work where you did not pay into Social Security? Myself, no. Okay. Uh, so survivor's benefits eligibility begins at age 60. Okay. So you can file for a survivor's benefit as early as age 60. You just have to know that the earnings limit applies. So you you can't make more than a specified amount in a year and receive that survivor's benefit. Now, I, I gotcha. So that makes sense in the respect that I am still working. And when I had called Social Security, they indicated to me, they looked at my earnings for this year and, you know, last year. And basically, I make too much money in order for the so called benefits. Yeah. So my, I guess, so therefore my question is, so now when I turn 65, um, so in other words, I, not until I turn 65 and say, apply for social security, um, at that point in time, even though I'm not at full retirement age, then they will take a look and see as to which is the better of the two between his social security or my social security. Is well, that the way I understand it? That, that may be the story they try to tell you because they've done that to a lot of people, but that's not the direction uh -huh. you want to go. What you want to do is gotcha. determine should now you're still working and it sounds like your earnings are fairly high because you're, they're too high to get a social security benefit. Yeah. So you want to determine, you know, how much, how much were his benefits and then how much are your benefits? Because what you can do with the survivor benefit that you can't do with any other type of benefit is you can file a restricted uh -huh. application, which means that you only file for one of those benefits. And at that age, likely you would be filing for a survivor's benefit, but not filing for your own benefit. And then at age 70, you've let your own benefit grow with all those delayed retirement credits. It's 8% per year or two thirds of 1% per month you delay. And at 70, you go in and you turn your benefit on. Now, without seeing the numbers, it's very difficult to know how that would look, right, but right, that's the right. basic right. strategy in a box there that you should be able to use. There was actually a lawsuit okay, so against the Social Security Administration for not telling widows about this option. There were more than 10,000 that the Office of the Inspector General uh, was able to see just based on their quick audit. So it's fairly widespread. Okay. 
so like I have an, uh, I was able to get an appointment with them in September, uh, the end of September. So what I guess what I want to do then is I want to ask them about this survivor's benefit. Um, that now, am I correct that you turned my whole reason for waiting until I was 65 to retire was so that I can get the Medicare. Now, can I still get Medicare, apply for Medicare when I turn 65, but not necessarily take Social Security uh, payments, you know, the benefit? Absolutely. Social Security, am I entitled to do that? You okay. certainly are. So if, so then, okay, so then maybe the thing is, is that if I can get the survivor's benefit and, and at, you know, at whether it's now or whenever, and then when I turn 65, just be able to get the medical benefit of Medicare and then wait until I'm 70, say, um, to then in turn get my Social Security. Yeah, that could make sense. Again, not knowing the numbers, it's hard to know, but right. that could be a powerful right. strategy. Right. You know, a case I looked at just yesterday okay. for someone, we were able to increase the amount of monthly benefits that he was going to receive at 70 by 580 something dollars per month by using that. So wow. again, it's not available for everyone, but I don't know of too many retirees that would turn down, you know, an extra 500 bucks a month in retirement. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because the thing is, is that when I do retire at 65, well, the job that I currently have, I do, I will need to get something, whether it's part-time or less money or whatever, that's going to fall within what you can earn, you know, when you are retired so that I'm not hit with, you know, you know, giving money back or whatever else. Yeah. Well, and just remember okay. at your full All retirement right. age, that earnings limit doesn't, doesn't apply. Right. Gotcha. So, so for me then that 66 and six months will be my full retirement age. So I'm only talking about basically a year and a half of, of that kind of thing. All right. Well, well Dana, let me ask you this. Dana, what year yeah. were you born? 1957. Okay. Your, your full retirement age for survivor's benefit is actually going to be earlier than 66 and six months. Okay. There's a, there's a different scale that's used and it's generally two years behind. So for you, I'm nearly positive it's going to be 66 and two months. Now I would oh, want to okay. double check that, okay. but I'm nearly positive. Right, right. That's it. All right. Well, this is good information because this way I'm a little bit more prepared when I when I speak to them on the twenty on the in September as to you know knowing that there is this other avenue of possibly exploring here. Right. Because right. you know they they were quick to say they were quick to say to me, oh no, you're you're not getting any of this Social Security because you you've made too much money this year and you know and you're not you know because. Grant, I, my sister, she retired at 62. She was able to do that. But it's, again, you know, they're quick to tell you no, no, no. And obviously, they're not always right. So. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. This really has been most helpful. Fantastic. Well, thanks for calling, Dana. Well, that wraps up today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, if you found today's show valuable, would you mind leaving me a review? I read every one of them, and I assure you it's very much appreciated. Oh, and you should also know that, yes, I'm an actual practicing financial planner, but I'm probably not your financial planner, and I'm certainly not your tax or legal advisor. So before you take any action with what we talk about today, you need to consult with your own advisors. I'll be back with another episode soon.